Well, hey there, everybody. We'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of local and welcome to the Local Lou Podcast. I'm gonna tell it to you straight. I'm sneaking in two historical markers in this episode. You'll find out why. It is a little after Christmas time when I'm recording, and that means the past few weeks have been full of, well, not exactly the normal Christmas fare. It's been quietly full, with evenings by my fake fireplace, watching movies by Christmas tree light, wandering around downtown, enjoying the lights and the festive store windows, And since my part of South Dakota has not seen a ton of snow yet, it has created kind of an opportunity to enjoy Winter Wonderland at Falls Park in kind of a different way. I'm used to just driving through and admiring the lights, but this year I've been walking around and enjoying the light display up close. Falls Park is a park surrounded by the namesake of my city, Sioux Falls. It's several beautiful waterfalls cascading down chunks of Sioux Quartzite. It's the Big Sioux River. Uh, Falls Park has an ever-growing display of Christmas lights every Christmas season, and it's called Winter Wonderland at Falls Park. Some stats for Winter Wonderland. Uh, In 2019, they used 355,926 LED lights. (laughs) They uh, lit up 270 different trees. They decorated 275 light poles. They used 25 plus miles of strings and over 40 wreaths. I'm going to bet this year they used even more. So you can understand the lore of wanting to go to Winter Wonderland and how cool it is that without a ton of snow on the ground, you get to kind of walk out and get really up close to the display and enjoy it from a different perspective. Some evenings it's just a quick drive-by, and others I like to get out and kind of meander through the lights. There's this really cool picnic pavilion that is wrapped to the max in these really bright blue LED lights. And I love watching the falls that are kind of half frozen right now. It's a beautiful little area regardless of Christmas lights, but the Christmas lights have made it extra special. Another spot that I had to check out this Christmas season was something that we actually learned about earlier uh, in the Arrowhead Park episode. Dorothy's tree is in front of the First United Methodist Church on Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. What do you want for Christmas? Dale Weir asked his wife in 1992. Dorothy looked out the window as they drove down Minnesota Avenue and pointed to a 60-foot-tall evergreen and said, That tree, only I want it lit and decorated for Christmas. Dale figured out who exactly owned that property, then bought it and had the tree decorated for his wife that year. Oh, but not just that year. You see, this tree, Dorothy's tree, has been decorated for her every year since 1992. Even after Dorothy passed away in 2003, even after Dale passed away in 2010, the tree remains. Dale and Dorothy Weir left many beautiful legacies, but I can't decide if Arrowhead Park is my favorite gift from them or if it's this tree. For me, both the story behind both of these gifts is so beautiful and so full of love. 
and Dale and Dorothy loved each other, and they had this love for Sioux Falls that is even more apparent with the gifts that they left for their community. I didn't earn, nor do I deserve, the gift of Arrowhead Park, a park I went to dozens of times this year alone, enjoying the natural prairie grasses, waterfowl, beautiful historic quarry remnants, and stunning sunrises and sunsets. A good part of the trail at Arrowhead Park has the rose-colored quartzite ground up in the blacktop, and it makes it have this pinkish hue, and it sparkles sometimes in the sunshine. And then Dorothy's tree lights a spark in me, and the story just makes me smile. So thank you to Dale and Dorothy Weir for the really cool legacies that they left to this area. And now I have a reason to smile every time I pass that tree on Minnesota Avenue. Before we get to the historical marker, I will say that if you like listening to Local Lou and learning a little bit about South Dakota region and its history, I encourage you guys to take a listen to the Sioux Empire podcast. The host, Robert Melling, does an amazing job thoroughly researching really cool stuff, like his episode on the Ku Klux Klan in Sioux Falls. I will add a link in the notes for the episode and the podcast and be mentioning the Sioux Empire podcast on my Instagram. You guys remember, Local Lou only has Instagram, and my page shows historical markers and fun things from my adventures, and my Insta story showcases podcasts I enjoy, what I'm listening to or watching, fun daily activities from my personal life, just silly things. So stop by and follow Local Lou Podcast on Instagram. Today's historical marker was chosen on a cold and crisp winter night walking around downtown Sioux Falls. I stopped to watch a Christmas light display that is synced to music on the lawn of the Washington Pavilion. The Washington Pavilion was originally Washington High School, and it's situated on Main Street between 11th and 12th, and was in operation as a high school from 1908 until 1992. After that, the high school closed to go to a more modern location. The building became the Washington Pavilion of Arts and Science, It slowly began to transform the space through a multi-year renovation and kind of a renaissance. And then it reopened in 1999 and has been an amazing spot downtown for theater, art, fun ever since. I really loved that the Christmas light display um, was synced to a Bruno Mars song. (laughs) So they had some fun with it. They didn't didn't keep it too... uh, too classic. There are quite a few historical markers in the downtown Sioux Falls area, but this one at the Washington Pavilion is right, well at this second, it was right near an arch that is covered in evergreen and Christmas lights, and on that cold December night, I couldn't stop just looking at it. It was so pretty all lit up. When I looked up the park that it referenced, I realized it's a park I've driven by quite a few times, but I never stopped to look at it, so I had to know more. Historical marker, Lieutenant Jonas Lean. After the United States declare war against Spain in 1898, Jonas H. Lean enlisted in the 1st Regiment of the newly formed South Dakota Volunteer Infantry. The regiment was mustered into federal service at Camp Dewey in Sioux Falls. Lean was appointed 1st Lieutenant and Regimental Adjutant. The volunteers sailed to the Philippine Islands, where they fought Filipino insurgents. On March 27, 1899, Lean was the first person from Sioux Falls to be killed in action in a foreign war. Former Mayor Burr Lean donated land for the city's first park in memory of his younger brother Jonas, as a memorial to Jonas. Black stone was quarried from Lean Park for the facade of the 1908 
north unit of the original Washington High School. Sioux Quartzite was used after the black stone was exhausted. About 1.2 billion years ago, molten magma flowed up from deep in the earth between two tectonic plates under east central Minnesota. It flowed underground into Minnehaha County and hardened to become the black stone of the Jonas Lean Memorial. Historical marker, Lieutenant Jonas Lean at the Washington Pavilion, downtown Sioux Falls. Here's where I'm going to cheat a little bit, guys. I went to Lean Park and there's another historical marker, one that absolutely frightens me to look into because I have no understanding of science and geology. So I'm going to sneak it in here and we can just talk about the Lieutenant Lean stuff. We'll pretend like this part just maybe didn't happen. Uh, maybe one of you guys can hook me up with a geologist that can explain this better. Historical marker, magma. Almost 1.2 billion years ago, molten rock called magma from deep in the earth flowed up between two adjoining tectonic plates, then located under present-day eastern Minnesota. Through a process called rifting, some magma flowed underground into Minnehaha County, where it intruded into fractures in the overlying quartzite. While still below the surface of the earth, it slowly cooled and hardened to form a dark-color, coarse-grained rock. Subsequent uplift of the Earth's crust and erosion combined to expose and erode away most of the large body of solidified magma. Only scattered remnants remain today. Geologists named the hardened magma Corson Diabase because outcrops of the rock were found north of Corson, South Dakota along Split Rock Creek. In the early 1900s, a quarry was opened in Lean Park to obtain Corson Diabase. Some was used to build the black facade on the north side of the original Washington High School. Diabase similar to that found at this site has also been found in other country locations. Historical Marker Magma Lean Park, Sioux Falls, South Dakota Fancy word warnings Mustard means to assemble troops, especially for inspection or preparation for battle. Diabase, a fine-grained rock of the composition of gabbro, but with an ophitic texture. To use diabase in a sentence, I desperately need a geologist even to read the, the definition of diabase. Rifting, to form fissures, cracks, or breaks, especially through large-scale faulting or to move apart. Lean Park is nestled right off North Cliff Avenue in Sioux Falls. Its location is one of those blink and you might miss it types. The sign is right along the side of the road and yet I never really noticed it and it never really enticed me to stop and look around until I read the Lieutenant Lean historical marker. And then I was like, oh, I know that part. And so the very next night, I stopped by the park after work, and I did a quick little walk around before sunset. Have we discussed my dislike for the shorter days of winter? How getting off work after sunset is just not my idea of fun? But we've made it past the winter solstice and are going in the right direction for me to be able to enjoy parks and sunsets after work and not completely in the dark. As much as I do enjoy the adventures of local Lou after dark, I much more enjoy exploring when it's light out. Modern day Lean Park 
is a dog park and it has a lovely off-leash area for man's best friend to run around and get some exercise. Before we get to know Jonas Lean, let's do a little refresh on what he died for. The battleship Maine was sunk in Havana Harbor February 15th, 1898. And by April 25th, 1898, the United States would be declaring war on Spain. The war on Spain was brief, lasting only until December 10th of 1898. For a brief war, though, over 4,000 American soldiers died in that Spanish-American War, though a significant amount of the number died, died of diseases such as malaria as opposed to in combat. As a result of this war, Spain lost control over its remaining overseas empire, Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Philippine Islands, and Guam. Lieutenant Jonas Lean was born December 12, 1874 in Fairbault County, Minnesota, He died March 27th, 1899. Now, if you're following along with these dates, something doesn't match up. And that's because by 1899, the Spanish-American War was over, but the Philippine-American War had begun as a result of that war. The conflict arose when the first... Philippine Republic objected to the terms of the Treaty of Paris, under which the United States took possession of the Philippines from Spain, thus ending the Spanish-American War. The Philippine-American War would last from 1898 until 1902, and another 4,000 American lives would be lost, and again, a lot of that would be from disease as well as from combat. Lieutenant Lean died in the Battle of Marilau River. Lean is buried in Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Sioux Falls. Jonas, the second youngest of five children, was raised mostly by his eldest brother, Burr, for several reasons. There's a pretty decent age gap there, with Burr being 15 years older, that makes for him to be a natural father figure. And also, their dad died when Jonas was only 10. Jonas was born in Minnesota, attended college in Brookings, South Dakota, then went on to Nebraska University for a few years. He would then pause his education for two years to be elected as chief clerk of the assembly for the legislature and also dabbled in being editor of the Sioux Falls Daily Press. He was a gifted public speaker and was called the Boy Orator of the Sioux. Jonas went back and finished his schooling, graduating in 1898, and briefly went back working for the Daily Press until the Spanish-American War broke out. And as we've seen his interest in politics, it's no wonder he volunteered, and he was then mustered in May 4th, 1898. It seems Lieutenant Lean was on an upward trajectory with his service, and his goal was to make a name for himself. Looking at his accomplishment in his short 24 years, I have no doubt had he come out of the war, he would have done a great many good and interesting things, and I think there would still be a few things in Sioux Falls named after him. Lean's colonel was quoted as saying, Jonas was the bravest man I ever knew and one of the best officers. Another detail is that Lean had been promoted to captain before his death, but had yet to receive his commissions before the battle in which he lost his life. The Mitchell Capital newspaper on March 31, 1899 reports, nine killed and 25 wounded. The Republicans' dispatch gives the details of the battle at Marilau, in which the South Dakota Regiment distinguished itself by making a brilliant charge against Ingualdo's select troops, defeating them and driving them with a merciless fire. The dispatches give the list of the dead and wounded, among the former, 
being lieutenant and adjutant Jonas Lean of Sioux Falls, who was well known for having been chief clerk of the House of Representatives in the legislature two years ago. The Custer Weekly Chronicle incorrectly reports Jonas to be the son of his brother, B.H. or Burr, but like we talked about earlier, the confusion does make sense. April 1st, 1899, they reported, Jonas Lean, one of the gallant South Dakota boys who were killed in the Battle of Marilau Monday was the son of B.H. Lean, mayor of Sioux Falls. He went away with the regiment last summer as adjutant and the rank of first attendant. A few weeks ago, he was promoted to the captaincy to take the place left vacant by the resignation of Captain C.S. Denny. He was a young man of exceptional promise, and his death will be deeply felt all over the state owing to his prominent connections. There's no doubt that the loss was a profound one for B.H. Lean. B.H. was mayor of Sioux Falls from 1898 until 1990 and would go on to fill his life with a great many accomplishments. You can see the apple doesn't fall very far in this family tree. During his time in Sioux Falls, B.H. was known for wanting to make improvements in the area, and I feel like that might be what pointed him in the direction of donating a park in his brother's honor. In 1903, the former mayor would donate a piece of land to create a park in his brother's memory. This would become the first public park in Sioux Falls. Soon joining would be Library Park, McKinnon Park, Tower Park, and Terrace Park. When Lean Park opened, it had a playground and concessions. It's a really unique way to memorialize somebody. And when I was just listing off the first few parks in Sioux Falls, another one that I mentioned was named after a Sioux Falls resident, and that's McKinnon Park. And I'm sure there's, I know there's a great story behind that one, but I'm sure there's a great story about a lot of the names of our parks in Sioux Falls and your parks where you are. So I better get to work. Or maybe I need to find a friend in the, in the Sioux Falls Parks and Rec Department to help me out. Thank you guys for coming along with me, though, to at least start looking into these historical markers and to learn a little bit about the Lean family. I don't think this is the last time we'll be hearing their name. Oh, and don't think that it did not completely jump out at me that Lieutenant Lean is buried at my favorite historic cemetery in Sioux Falls, Mount Pleasant. I will surely be going there to visit, and when I find Lieutenant Lean's headstone, I will make sure to post a picture. Mount Pleasant Cemetery also recently did update their website, and they have some really cool information. If you're looking for Local Lou, you can find me on Instagram or stumbling around in the dark at a local park, waiting for the days to be longer and brighter after work. Thank you guys for listening, and see you next time on the Local Lou Podcast.